This is episode number 58 with the founder of the Three Day Weekend Club and the host of the Three Day Weekend Entrepreneur Podcast, Wade Galt. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years, and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side. And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. How would you like to create a three-day weekend lifestyle in 12 months or less? Or how does it sound to decrease work hours 20% and make 20% more income in 90 days? Well, if any of that sounds interesting, don't miss a second of this episode with my guest, Wade Galt. Wade teaches entrepreneurs and professionals to create an abundant and sustainable three-day weekend, four-day work week lifestyle so that they can better enjoy their family, friends, and life. Wade's a 20-plus year entrepreneur, business growth coach, and author of books on business growth, finance, personal growth, parenting, and spirituality. So reading that bio, you can get the sense that Wade is a very established, very experienced entrepreneur, but he's also figured out how to structure his businesses so that he can live the type of lifestyle that he wants to. So for him, 
that's a three-day weekend, four-day work week lifestyle. And he teaches other entrepreneurs and other professionals. So even if you're still an employee, this applies. He teaches others how to do just that. So when Wade and I connected, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to have him come on the podcast because I think this topic is so important. I think so many of us as entrepreneurs or even those that are just aspiring entrepreneurs, our goal is to create a better life for ourselves. And that's the whole premise of this podcast. The Path to Freedom podcast is how to take control of your life and create more freedom for yourself through business ownership. Yet, so many entrepreneurs, so many business owners end up being slaves to their business and being run by their business. So I think this is a topic that that doesn't get nearly enough attention. And I love everything that Wade speaks to in this episode. It's got so much tangible advice that can be implemented, whether you're still an employee, whether you're a business owner that's just starting out, or whether you're a very seasoned entrepreneur. So don't miss a second of this episode. Uh, and also make sure to check out the show links where we've got a lot of the resources that Wade's made available much of it for free uh, for anyone that really wants to start putting some of this to practice and, and implementing it. I know I will be. So with that, let's go ahead and drop in with Wade Galt. I want to just kind of kick it off for the audience out there listening that may not be familiar with us. Just tell us who you are and, and what you're all about. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you, Wes, for having me. I've been looking at what you're doing and definitely we're, we're so aligned in, in what we're looking to do. So I have a few different businesses. Uh, the main one that I focus on that I'm really growing is helping entrepreneurs and employees or anybody in between to create a three-day weekend lifestyle. In other words, to create time for life, to enjoy life, still work hard, still serve people, still scale, all those different things, but make sure that while we're doing that, we're enjoying the process that we have time for family, for friends, for fun, simply because the only guaranteed ROI investments, return on investments I've ever seen is when we invest uh, time with the people we care about, time doing activities we love, or that's our purpose, uh, those sort of things. So really just making sure that along the way, as we're paying the bills, as we're scaling our business, as we're collecting the Instagram followers or the podcast subscribers yep. or whatever it is, that we're still enjoying the ride. Yeah, and I, I love it. It's so important because it's an easy thing to lose sight of. You know, when you start building a business, it can be all consuming if, if you're not careful and, and you can really lose sight of why you started the business in the first place or why you started, you know, as I call it, charting your own path to freedom. And, and I know it's something that, that, you know, I've struggled with from time to time. My, my wife and I have struggled with in our businesses and it's been more challenging for us, you know, even of late. So uh, again, really love the the topic and the advice that you give and, and can't wait to get into more of that. And, and as you and I talked a little bit offline, a lot of my audience is aspiring entrepreneurs. And so I think this is great for, for those folks to hear too, even if they're not in business for themselves yet. And you also mentioned employees. So I, I'd love to hear you speak to that as well in terms of how can an employee, you know, set their lifestyle up this way as well. But there's things I think that, that you'll be able to give some advice on to, to help the aspiring entrepreneur not only be thinking about this ahead of time, but also maybe intentionally set their business up from day one so that it's going to be easier to accomplish this. So again, really, really excited about it. You're also a podcast host. Uh, you've written some books, so I'm, I'm sure we'll get into some of that as well. But 
Uh, you've got a lot going on and, and it's pretty fascinating, but you know, I'd love to hear you tell your story about how you got into to entrepreneurship in the first place. Like what's led you to this point today? Okay. So the first thing is dad's an entrepreneur. And so I, I couldn't remember the exact thing, whether it's pulling weeds for three bucks an hour, <laughs> whether it was selling blow pops and Alexander, the grapes and lemon heads and Jolly yeah. Ranchers in school in the backpack and hide them and, and sell them that sort of stuff. So I've always been interested in that. And for me, I had the time freedom back then. I wanted more money freedom, the freedom to mm -hmm. buy the stuff I wanted to buy. Sure. And so worked throughout high school, different jobs, mowed lawns, had a lawn mowing business or didn't have a business. I was an employee, I mowed lawns, yeah. uh, but, but a good enough rate uh, and did that for a while. And so as I left college, started in, uh, in a Fortune 35 company, working with them, uh, great company, did work with them and was looking to be an insurance agency owner like my father is, small business okay. owner. Okay. And I just have a lot of interests, multi-passion, I guess that's the fancy way of saying you like a lot of things. It's not good to be multi-passionate in your marriage, but it's good to be multi-passionate in your business, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and even then, good way to look at it. Yeah. And if you're not careful, though, if you're multi-passionate with your business, that can really you know, hurt if you're in, involved in too many things and not really focusing. Well, yes, basically decided to start about 20 years ago to leave the employee situation, start my own business. The first one failed miserably in a short period of time. I did a lot of due diligence, I did took a coaching program, I did all this different training for something that I simply didn't have the wisdom to see wasn't going to work. Mm. And so when it didn't work, then I had to go back to okay, what can I do? How can I simply avoid going back to being an employee, I wanted mm -hmm. to be an entrepreneur. And so just started doing consulting for some of the same people that I used to work with. So my okay. path, really simple, hey, I used to work with you as an employee. Uh, in this, I was in agency management for the, the insurance company I worked with, okay. helping yep. the insurance agency owners and, and coaching them. So I can help you individually with your agency. So just consulting and the basic sort of offering to say, well, look, you don't want to pay me for a full year of my time, because that would cost too much. Mm -hmm. But if you paid me per hour, then you can get my expertise in a short period of time, basically an expert, a freelancer, however you want to call that. And so started the business that way. But while doing that, one of the clients had mentioned they had some issues where they weren't able to figure out how to compensate their team members. And mm. long story short, I was open enough to listen, thank God, and created a small software that turned into the software business that for the last 20 years has paid 80% of the bills. Wow. And it wasn't okay. what I looked to do. It wasn't what I thought I was going to do. Uh, my purpose, I thought, and, and still think is, I'm very much into teaching people, mentoring people. Mm -hmm. So I coach people, I coach our kids, uh, volleyball and basketball teams. I am a coach. I do that's part of my work. But at the same time, I know a friend of mine who's a coach said, you know, sometimes your purpose isn't your calling and sometimes your purpose doesn't pay the bills. Part of my purpose is being a parent and changing diapers in the middle of the night doesn't make money for me. It's still my purpose. So in that case, for me, the driving why the reason behind all of it was to have the time to enjoy life that just I'm I wouldn't say I'm a hedonist, but I definitely believe life is meant to enjoy it. I believe life is short. Yeah. I'm 49. Yeah. I'm old enough now where I've seen enough people uh, die a lot earlier than I thought they would. And so from that perspective, uh, we, my wife and I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old. So that's been the main focus. So at times my business has been a solopreneur gig. At times it grew into a bigger software business and then the recession hit and had to choose of, okay, am I going to Am I going to listen to my ego and say, well, damn it, I'm going to push through this and just make it work? Or 
oh wait, we just had our first child, maybe scale back a bit, it hurts the ego a little bit, mm -hmm. but I really did this so I could have the time to be around the family. My wife's from Peru, so we would move back and forth. Okay. Um, and we got to do that. So in that case, for me, it's been different stages where I've been that freelancer, uh, that solopreneur, that business owner with employees, old school style, where there was no freelancers that you could get on Upwork for sure. 20 hours a week or 10 hours yeah. a week. It was, Actual you've got w somebody, their employees, yeah. Yeah, and they're counting on you to be able to make a certain amount of income. So when the income goes down, not only are you looking out for your income, you're saying, oh, wait, I've got to help make sure they get paid because I've you know, brought them on. So there can be a lot of responsibilities with that. Yeah. And in our case, the stage has been to enjoy our kids. And I'm very much enjoying the stage and i'm also looking forward to the stage at least as a business person that when our kids are reached let's say that 17 18 year age well then maybe i will go back to really looking to scale it but in the meanwhile i'm doing that incremental approach which is something that when i grew up really wasn't an option the idea was either you moonlight quote unquote you get a second job uh -huh. or nothing whereas today there's so many side gigs side hustles businesses you can start so it doesn't have to be a crazy journey any more than getting into a three-day weekend lifestyle or a four-day work week lifestyle has to be crazy. It can be incremental, yeah, but it's work. Yeah. Well, I, I love hearing. So thanks for sharing all this with us. I love hearing kind of your journey and, and where you are today. And even here, you talk a little bit about, you know, that could change even later in life. Right. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand. I mean, the, the people that I work with that end up going on to get into business for themselves, I mean, one of the things I, I kind of remind them of is like, look, the, the business you get into today does not have to be the only business you own or, or, you know, run for the rest of your life. You know, you could end up starting multiple businesses or, you know, you could do that for a period of time. And it's, you know, in some cases, maybe it's a stepping stone. You learn a lot of things. You gain some confidence in yourself and your own ability you know, maybe even you're, you're bringing in more financially, which is going to give you more options going forward. And so there's a lot of different pathways you can take. And, and to your point, I, I mean, I don't think there's ever been a better time in history to become an entrepreneur. I mean, there are so many options and, and you don't have to do it kind of cold turkey, which I think is what scares so many people, the thought of, you know, stepping out on their own, walking away from a salary and benefits and everything that comes with that that's, that's pretty scary. So there's ways that you can kind of ease into it. So, uh, you know, love, love hearing you talk about all that. And, and, you know, at the center of this is, you know, you've got to really understand your why, right. And so it sounds to me like your why really hasn't changed, but there's been different chapters in your life that will allow you to, you know, put in more effort or less effort or, or direct that effort in, in different ways to accomplish what you're wanting to accomplish, but that why, you know, really, really hasn't changed. So um, love, love hearing that. Talk to me a little bit about, because uh, I, I think anyone listening is pretty intrigued by this whole concept of a three-day weekend, four-day work week. Uh, talk to us a little bit more about that. I mean, and, and to be clear, you're not talking about like occasional three-day weekends. You're talking about this is a lifestyle and this is how you run your business. So, so where did this premise come from? And, and you do some coaching around this, I know. So maybe just kind of talk us through how, how you would maybe work with a business owner that's, that's not living that, that type of a lifestyle. And what are some of the steps that you go through to help them get to that point? Awesome. Sure. So first of all, yeah, 85, 90% of the time, 
I'm taking Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday off. Usually if I'm not doing that, it's because either A, I'm in the middle of some sort of launch or something that's just really big going on, or maybe mm -hmm. I'm in a growth workshop over the weekend. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, enjoying those days off. And the main reason being that, yeah, to enjoy life, to make the most out of life and make sure I'm not missing out. As far as big picture, for first, for both employees, entrepreneurs, anybody, just think of a basic concept. At some point you made like, okay, I made $3 an hour when I used to pull weeds. I don't make $3 an hour anymore. I make more than $3 an hour. At some point you made more money. And in your career, you not only expected that, but you demanded that. If somebody said, you're going to stay at $10 an hour forever, you'd say, no, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's right. not acceptable. And so we assume that the financial raises will come, but we never ask for a free time raise. Mm. And so sometimes, especially now more than ever with what's going on with COVID, with so many companies who are saying, I don't want to lose all our employees, but income's down 20, 30%. We've got to figure out how to, how to make this work because in the short run, we're losing people. We don't want to lose good trained people because we know how much that costs Absolutely. if you're in the business owner. So if you can say to somebody, hey, look, what I'd like to do is rather than get a financial raise, I'd like to focus on simply getting a free time raise. So more mm. time off for the same, let's say you're salaried, or it could be, yes, technically, if you want to keep it simple, raise my income by whatever hourly you would normally would, but I'd like to work a few less hours or have uh, you know one or two more days off or whatever it might be. Sure. And as long as we can focus on results, and that's the key for both the employee, the entrepreneur, right. or anybody, can you get the results? And then also, can you keep your lifestyle expenses where you can afford to do that? Because see, right now, what I would invite the people listening is to first think, if tomorrow your boss came to you, and let's oversimplify this. Let's say you're making 50000 a year in okay. five days a week. And at some point, you used to make 40000 a year in five days a week. And at some point, you used to make 30000 Just to keep some pretty simple numbers. So you were making thirty, or at least most of us, you're making your thirty. Great. You get the raise to forty over time, you start spending forty. Get the raise to fifty, you start spending fifty. Well, what if at forty, you had said, you know what? Here's what I'd like to do. Instead of you raising me to fifty, and I know it's not always that simple, but let's say it was that jump. Here's sure. what I'd like to do. I'd like to work four days a week and make forty thousand. So thirty-two hours, not forty hours. So you yep. got four by eight. Instead of working five days a week and making fifty. Could we do that? And what I'd invite the audience to consider is right now, could you take a 20% decrease in the income coming in if you were offered it so that you could have that day off? Now, I'm not saying that's where we stop. That's a starting point. And you don't have to. For most people, the answer is no, wait, I couldn't. I've gotten used to my expenses mm -hmm. and they've gone up. But so that's the first thing is to be able to say, well, if somebody came to me tomorrow and said, look, I cannot change your hourly yet because we don't have enough money coming in the business, but I can give you that freedom. Would you take that? And then the second part, again, whether you're the employee, the entrepreneur, the freelancer, the side hustle, whatever it is, can you get five days worth of results in those four days or whatever the days is? Or if you work six days a week, can you get six days a week worth of results in five days? Whatever it is, can you get the results done that generate the income? Because then it becomes real. And this is the part that right now I hear in some countries, some people are trying to say, well, the government's going to subsidize this and guarantee it. It's like, well, they can't in the long run any more yeah. than they can guarantee anything else. Yep. There has to be real math and real earnings behind that. And, and the intention is noble. It's great. Sure. But 
but other, but if you don't get the earnings and the government can guarantee it for a while, then they have to pull it back and take it away. Like That's a right. parent that gives you something that you didn't deserve and then they take it back. And then you're like, well, what just happened? Whereas if you earn it, no different than, you know, sports. If you want to be the, you know, the, 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 the star player on the team, you know, daddy might coach you for a season and put you in that starting lineup. But in the long run, eventually, daddy's not going to be able to put you in the starting lineup. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. Yep. And so the basic premise is to say, first of all, what is it that's exciting enough that I would want to do on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? So this is the part, and, and I'll jump in just sort of a little bit of psychology behind this. Sure, please. There are some people that either A, can't think of something that's more creative that they would do with their time. This is whether they have kids or not, or whether they, have, they enjoy their work so much and or some people have such pain in their life of what they've mm. experienced growing up and they're you know the person that's driven they're not driving they're driven mm -hmm. by something insecurity they constantly need and the last thing they want to do if they're hurting emotionally if they have bad relationships at home if they don't want to see their family well, the last thing they want to do is get done with work in four days to then go home and have to more deal time with that. at home yeah so this is where one of those just core principles know thyself do your own work work you know work on yourself. If you don't work on yourself, almost none of this matters because that's where you find, and, and that's not to say that everybody who's not doing a three-day weekend hasn't worked on themselves, but a lot of people, they're just in this pattern. And, you know, people talk about the rat race. There are people making seven and eight figures that they're in a rat race. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a higher funded rat race and it's sure. prettier toys, yeah. but it's still a rat race. Definitely. Uh, so from that perspective, it's well, what would you do with that time? And so the first thing I ask people is say, if you had 50 Fridays off, if you had the rest of this year off on Fridays, or again, if you were working six days, if you had Saturdays off, whatever it is, if you had one more day per week, what would you do that time? And who would you do it with? Yeah. And it might be the same thing. It might be, hey, I like, I happen to love playing beach volleyball. I play a lot on Fridays, most, just about every Friday. Uh, I'm in the part of the country in the world where you can do that. I'm there at the beach playing. And that also helps me be who I am, get my time to still do what I love, come back to the family as a fully recharged parent, as opposed to somebody who's ticked off that because of the kids, I don't get to do this because of the obligations, I don't get to do this. Yep. And so that's the starting point, because for so many business owners, going back to your question, is to first just find a reason because when we go on vacation, we do this all the time. Oh, we're going on vacation for a week. Let's get all this stuff done. We're not, I, sorry, I don't have time to talk at the water cooler today, Wes. I got to get this stuff done so that I can go on vacation. Well, if every Friday or if every weekend you had a three-day weekend and you had something you were looking forward to, it doesn't have to be magical, could be just quality time. For me, most of the time, it's quality time with family and friends. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. Then there's a reason to have a sense of urgency, not That's stress. Right. But so as I tell people, I'm hustling four days. I am definitely hustling. And some days, sometimes I'm an entrepreneur. Sometimes it's four days by six hours. Some days it's four days by 12 hours. Depends sure. on the time of the year, how much money's in the bank, what's going, what's going on, on, and, on. Yeah. and how much you know, comfort I have. But overall, you have to start with the reason why. Otherwise, you're, you're just not going to ever try it. And you're just going to be that person says, well, I want to make more money. Why? I don't know, because... That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. And I think it's so important. And, and something, you know, the folks that I, that I coach, I mean, that's where we start, right? If they come to me and they're like, hey, Wes, I think maybe uh, a franchise could be the best way for me to get into business for myself. We don't jump right into, all right, what industry do you want to be in? You know, what brands out there do you like? No, we start with, okay, well, why? Why do you want to own a business? 
what's that going to help you accomplish that you're not currently able to accomplish? So we get clear on that. And from there we go to, all right, well, then what do you want your role as the business owner to be? How do you want to spend the majority of your time as a business owner? Look, you're always going to have to do things that you don't love doing, but let's, if you're going to go to the links of getting into business for yourself, and we're going to look at different franchise businesses with which there come many different business models, which have many different requirements for the actual owner of the business. Like, let's get clear on all of these things. There's a lot of work and a lot of time that goes into that process before we ever even start talking industry or specific brands or anything like that. And I think so. So everything you're saying, I think, is is so right. And I like what you said about, you know, if, if you're not clear on your why or if you're not willing to, to get clear on your why, then everything we're talking about today is pretty much irrelevant because what's the point? You know, you're just going to free up time to sit on the couch and stare at the wall or, or you know, be bored. So I think that's so important, but also just getting clear on your why, especially as an entrepreneur, that's what helps you get through the hard times. You know, it's, it's a roller coaster being an entrepreneur. There's ups, there's downs. And sometimes in those downs, it's very easy to, to think like, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I even going through this, subjecting myself to this, but refocusing on your why, that kind of bigger picture, that's what'll push you through those, those low times. So yeah, can't, can't talk enough about how important that is. So, so let's say though, you've, you've got a, an entrepreneur business owner that is clear on their why, and they've got good legitimate reasons. They know exactly how they would spend their next 50 Fridays. They're excited about it. So what then, but let's say, let's say they're a business owner that is just getting run by their business. Like they, if they take time off, then stuff just starts falling apart all around them. Where do you kind of start with someone to, to get clear on, all right, this is how you need to, to go forward with working towards this four-day work week, three-day weekend lifestyle? Sure. So first thing, actually, I just thought of something, as you mentioned, this. I hadn't thought about this before, but that why is similar to the why of parenting. Mm, uh, it's yeah. similar to the why of a long-term <laughs> yeah. marriage. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm committed to being married. And that still go. doesn't mean it's not going to work. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm saying if somebody got divorced that there's a failure, but there's still that sense, okay, I'm going to do everything I can. Yeah. Uh, with parents, I'm going to do everything I can. So as you yeah. know, it doesn't turn out the way you thought it would necessarily be like, but I'm still committed. And so, yes, absolutely. And definitely, I love what you said about the franchises and getting clear about like, look, this, this, is, going, this is still going to be a 10 to 20 to 30 year journey. Yeah. So yeah. your why is probably not going to change too much. Yeah. What it looks like, that how it plays out will be different. But yeah, so- Starting out with somebody who wants to get started, they, they're excited about it. The first thing I would say in their business is if their business is running them would be to look at what are some of those reasons why it's running them? Is it high maintenance clients that just need to be let go of, which is sometimes the case? Mm -hmm. Is it over promises we've made where we might need to renegotiate and say, hey, you know what? We said we could deliver this. We're coming to realize we, we can't deliver that. Mm. Is it team members that aren't performing as well? Or is it, and, or is it our need very often? It's, it's something in the entrepreneur that's leading it. So sometimes the explosive growth of a company can be addictive. Wow. Yeah. And looking yeah. at the numbers and how many, how many people, no different than Instagram followers or, or members in the community or clients. And then if that becomes the whole commitment and then it's, it's going this fast. First of all, I'd say, is remember that the quicker you grow it in most cases, the quicker it goes away. 
Because if you okay. grow it too quickly, you don't, and then this isn't, this isn't voodoo. This is because when you grow it too quickly, you didn't build a relationship. So as I mentioned you on the pre-interview, uh, my father is from the insurance agency industry. Mm -hmm. And that's a business, that's like one of the oldest residual income business models that there is out there. And there are some people that come into that model and I call them cowboys or cowgirls, okay. where they're basically like, Wes, just give me your signature, let's get you out the door. They're yeah. not building relationships. And sometimes they represent some of the best companies, but the relationship was never formed. And I'm not talking about something really deep, but enough to where I know, okay, like what you're telling me you do with a franchise uh, or, or franchisee coaches that you're, you know, people you're talking with where you say, okay, we got to know each other. So at the oh, end yeah. of the day, even if they don't invest, they're like, Wes was looking out for me. That's I'm right. gonna send him business. There's something versus, oh, his name was Wes. I don't know, I thought it was Willie. I, I didn't really realize that we was so quick Yep. So when you do that too quickly, humans need a certain amount of connection. And if you think that's not the case, go invent something that's really awesome, that's a thing, and watch within a week how somebody else copies that thing once it hits, and watch how quickly you lose your entire business. Yeah. There was no, so sometimes what we think is awesome, this explosive growth, Usually it's not any more than literally go back to parenting. Would you want to have 10 kids at once? Do you want, you know, non-uplets or would deck uplets or whatever? Yeah, you I don't would even say know that. what that would be. Exactly. Other than chaos. Dude, I don't want that. I've we've got two kids and each one of them because we want a certain quality. And that's you know, that's that whole quality quantity concept. What quality mm -hmm. of experience do you want? So once if you've gotten clear on that, then you'd say, okay, what can you cut out without huge consequences? Okay. What clients can you cut out? What commitments can you perhaps push back? What what products can you launch that maybe I've done this so many times. I've got three ideas in my mind. And of course, every one of them is just flipping stellar. Everyone all the time. Always. I think in my Always. mind. Yep. And just this idea to say, okay, I'm just going to do rather than three of them with a third of my energy, I'm going to do one. I'm going to put the other two to the back burner. And, and not even, and remembering that also that sometimes anticipation is one of the best ways. That's how movies are launched. That's how products are launched. So you tell people, Hey, yeah. I'm working on this other thing. It's coming out later, but right now I'm going to deliver this thing really well. And then just start. And here's, here's the part. The funny thing to all of this, Wes, is the mechanics are so flipping simple. It's like, if you're a exercise coach, the, the, the mechanics are go do the exercises. Everything else is the psychology and the how and the this. So the mechanics can be as simple as if you're working 60 hours a week, you say, okay, Next week, I'm going to work 59. And I'm going to get dialed in on 59. It might take me two to three weeks. Now, my goal might be to say I'm going to work 59 and then 58 and 57. Or again, you, you can play with it, your own little way of doing it. There's uh -huh. different ways. But if you assume that there's no wasted time, there's no fat in what you're doing, that's, that's kind of, unless you've really dialed this in, chances are there is. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the yeah. times it's, it's either ego stuff or it's checking the stats, you know, checking your podcast stats every day rather than saying, I can check them once a week or once a month. Yeah. Me checking the stats isn't making them go up. Me doing the work and recording another podcast episode, sure, yeah. optimize it, do something else. So I'd say just start going in that direction and then also go with the basic concept that just like you have vacation, you could say, look, I'm not going to take two weeks of vacation in a row. And as you know, as entrepreneurs, very often we forget to take vacation for years yeah. at a time. Yeah. So here's what yeah. I'm gonna do for the next three months and give yourself, give yourself an excuse at your least busy time of the year. So summer, hey, for summer, when the kids are off from summer, because your clients almost can't argue this with you, I'm taking Fridays off for the summer. 
Yep. So I'll still, in fact, you know what? I'm taking them primarily off. I'm still going to check email. I'm still going to check in. So I'm not completely opting out because also sometimes it's a little easier to reduce hours, especially if you have a service-based business and still check in on that one day because people can kind of flip out. Yep, yep. But say, okay, I'll check in, see how things are going. And most of the time, you just check in and send them an email and say, hey, let's talk next week. And here's my calendar. Go ahead on Calendly or Acuity and, and book a time yeah, with they me. send you an email on a Friday. They don't want to talk until Monday anyways. <laughs> exactly. Because well, you, you just nailed it. They're, literally they're checking just, out too. They're checking out. Now, here's the other thing that really blows people's minds. Wait, if I do this, then my clients are going to be upset with me and I'm going to lose clients. Nope. And go back to high school dating. Somewhere there was some, I don't know if you had him, we had one of them in our school, this guy, he's not that good looking. And this is shallow, but this is high school. <laughs> yeah. He's not that good looking. He's kind of funny. And yes, this is shallow. He's dating some of the, whether you want to call them hottest, most desirable, whatever girls. Sure. Yeah. Why? Because he's not always available. He's not flirting with every single one of them. He's like, hey, you know. and it's not a manipulation. If your family is important enough, or whatever it is that you're doing. And see, isn't it funny how just with one sentence you say, oh, now are you committed to the hustle and grind? Yes. Where is your family higher or lower? Is your life higher or lower? And you say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm committed to that. So you say, okay, if I'm not there on Friday and you tell your clients, hey, just so you know, I'm not here this Friday and eventually you reach a pattern and they realize, wow, what's Wes doing? He doesn't have to be in the office on Fridays. He's yep. not... He's coaching entrepreneurs, and especially if you have any sort of coaching around entrepreneurs. So I actually have a service-based business that's a software company, and I coach entrepreneurs, and I do life coaching too. But so most of my entrepreneurs, they're pulling for me, or they'll say, wait, I know you're not in the office today, but I sent you this email. And I have one or two that are really resentful, but in my case, my software business is to help people compensate people. It's not an emergency-based business. If you have an emergency, it's because you didn't call me and, and if payrolls do right now, usually we even coach them in a way where they do, let's say uh, on January 15th, they're doing December's payroll. So the only way they're having an emergency on January 14th or 15th is if they haven't been prepared. Sure. No offense, that's not my emergency. I don't right. want urgency emergency clients. And so all of a sudden they start saying, well, wait, your time's more valuable. And I watched clients that for years, I didn't charge for my time on topic A, and I would then say, I'm available less time. And then later I would charge for my time on the same topic, working less days per week. Oh, wait, yeah. Oh, no, I'm definitely, this is, I know your time is valuable. I yeah. know you're busy. And so it's, it's a lot of it's just about if you don't value it, they can't. If you do, they will. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you know, in my consulting, but it's, you know, it's a lot of coaching as well. And, and what's interesting about that that business for me or that practice is it's a free service to the people that I work with. It's very similar to executive recruiting. So the way I get paid is if, and when I introduce someone to a franchise company, they mutually agree. It's a good fit. Franchise company pays me really a percentage of the initial franchise fees, referral fee. Um, so I've got to be very careful about that. Um, and, and something I learned a long time ago was, you know, I'm providing, expert advice, free of charge, a lot of value there. I'm willing to put in the time as long as you're willing to put in the time, but I don't do evenings. I don't do weekends. You know, I stick to very normal hours. I've, I've gone through spurts where I've said, you know, I'm doing, doing Fridays off summertime right now. We live at the beach. So taking quite a few Fridays off, but 
Uh, yeah, so I, I think that's a good point. And, and so I guess one thing I'd like to have you speak to is, so there's a difference between, you know, in my consulting business and your coaching business, that's more of a solopreneur, right? I don't have employees in that business. It's really just me. I'm not sure how you're structured. And the other businesses that we own, franchise businesses, they're, they're all service-based. So we have teams of people, right? Those are businesses that work for us even when we're not working. So I think there's, I imagine there's a pretty big distinguishment between the solopreneur that's wanting to get to a three-day weekend lifestyle and the, the true business owner that's, that's scaled a business to some extent. They have some sort of a team in place because it doesn't necessarily, if you're the latter, it doesn't necessarily mean that your business is only running four days a week, right? It just means that you as the owner are putting in four days worth of work a week, right? So what, what are, I'm trying to think the best way to ask the question. I mean, how, how would you speak to that? How would you speak to the solopreneur? Like what are, what are the key things they need to do? And how is that differently from the business owner that has a team that's maybe in a better position to delegate some things? Sure. And let me, I want to, I want to go to that. Can I, I want to make one comment on what you said about how you advise people if this is cool. Because sure. yeah, so sure. many of us have this. We have the the strategy session, the free session, the thing where I'm gonna explore with you whether this is a good idea or not. So as I mentioned, I work a lot with insurance agency owners. And one of the things I do is, well, I, I realized, okay, so insurance business, most really cheesy sales word tracks come from the insurance industry. So by the time it hits, if you think the internet marketing world is cheesy, it came from 20, 30 years ago in the 80s of the insurance. So so they've seen it all. So you can't, for most of them, you can't pull the whole scarcity, urgency, any of that nonsense. Like, don't yeah, care. All Wait, the I, cliches I just, they've already right. heard. They don't, they don't care. Um, but what you find is a lot of the times when, and in their model, they advise and people buy a product and they get a commission. So people are comfortable with that model. Different than the financial advisor who says, I'm going to help you grow your assets and I'm going to charge you 1% of your assets, or, or I'm going to charge you fee. Here's a challenge as a coach. Okay, so Wes, let me let me tell you something. So Wes, when I bill you as a client, uh, and just as a pure coach, not in the situation you're in, but let's mm -hmm. say just a coach, a life coach, an executive coach, I'm going to charge you, I'm your a coach is going to charge you anywhere from 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 250, 500, 1,000 an hour. And you say, okay, so you're worth 50 to 100 or 1,000 or an hour, whatever it might be. And yet you're giving me this hour for free. That doesn't make sense. Right. Because now it feels like there's going to be a lot of pressure on you to sell. What you do is you say, okay, look, in order to come into this conversation, for me to, I'm not going to give you a half hour of my time. Not going to do it. I will, though, invest my time in this sense. Here's this form of the information I need you to know and tell me about. So think about some of your first party, whatever is usually the first part of your discovery call. Just the basics. What are you hoping for? What's your current situation? What's your income? Whatever it might be that you mm -hmm. fill this out first. Once you filled it out, then I'll give you the link for the strategy session because see now I know you've already invested 20 to 30 minutes before I'll invest any of my time. Yeah. So I've just filtered out a bunch of people and the people that come in are serious because when I come in and what I tell people say, look, I don't want to put you on a sales call. If you tell me nothing and I've got to eat, then I've got to hard sell you. We don't want right. that. Right. What we want and, and what and what I want as my ideal client is the client who says, I would rather invest an hour of my time or even, and I'd suggest this depending on what model you can or can't do, is to say, 
I'd even rather invest $250 for the exploratory call with Wes to see, should I even consider a franchise? Because the cost of getting that wrong, yeah, gray hair, so true. marriages, lost hair, hundreds than, of thousands of dollars. Yeah, a lot more than 250 Way more than 250 And if you don't get that, you're the wrong person. If Definitely. you can't afford 250 you're sure as heck the wrong person. Yeah. And I can later apply the 250 I can say, look, if it turns out that you get the franchise and I get the thing, great. I'll give you the money back. Comes I don't back care. To you. Yeah. But in some way, so it sets that thing to say, I'm a professional. Because nobody would go to a doctor and expect a full strategy session and then say, oh, well, you're good. So you don't need anything. Just because I didn't find a cavity at the dentist doesn't mean I'm not going to charge you. Yeah, um, it's a good way to look at it. So yeah, so first of all, so that is a way to make sure we don't communicate that our time at some point is is not worth something. It's always worth something. Always, and if the person yeah. won't fill out the form, you say, hey, you know what? No problem. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. And they can wait forever. And some of them I have, they're still not ready. But after having been on calls, which I imagine you have, well, you drop in an hour, then it goes to an hour and a half and two hours because they're, they're seeming they're so interested. And you're so sure you're going to get that. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Let me think about that. And can we talk again in a month and have this same conversation? Because I have no idea what the hell's going on in my life. But you know what? You seem like a nice guy to talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for, a little free so therapy first, I think session. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, similar in mine, I, I don't. So, so I have kind of like like usually an initial meet and greet call. That's pretty brief high level just want to kind of make sure they understand what i do and how i'm in a position to help and then then there comes a form right and and for me it's also a very and not just the form like do they fill it out or not because if they don't fill it out then yeah i'm not going to spend any more time with them uh and it's also in their best interest because the form's going to tell me if I'm actually going to be in a position to help them. And if I'm not, I'm upfront with people and that way they don't waste any of their time either. Right. And I can tell them when you get to this point, this is when I'll be in a better position to help you. Right. So, so there's that, but I also look at how quickly I get the form back. Right. Because that's an indication of how serious is someone about this. If I get a form back a month later, I'm, I'm, you know, at least having a brief conversation before I schedule a longer meeting to say, you know, it took you a while to get like, how serious are you about this before, you know, we really dive in because it will be a time commitment for both of us. So yeah, I, I like all that. I've, I've toyed a little bit with the idea of, you know, maybe charging for a little bit for the in-depth consultation. And, and uh, you've got me thinking a little bit more about that. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast. And that's because franchising has had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses.
I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at path2freedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. Getting back to your other question, okay, you know, the difference between your, your, your solopreneur, your business owner, a couple things. It used to be a lot sharper distinction between the two. So as I mentioned, I started my software business in 2000. In 2005, I was in the middle of my busy season and had been kind of putting off making that extra hire. And I'm literally in one location doing a live presentation out of state, selling my software. People are signing up. I've got another presentation tomorrow and nobody's there to serve it. It's all me. So I'm like, okay, I need somebody. So I hired somebody in that. And it was that all or nothing. Again, either a full-time employee or not. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate. I hired somebody off of Monster. She turned out to be awesome, worked with me for 11 years. Wow. And so again, in the business owner model, it is more of do you have employees or not? Well, in the solopreneur model now, as you know, it's so much easier than it used to be to say, True. okay, well, I have a five-hour-a-week social media person that's I got from Fiverr or Upwork or one of these other sites. And so I think it's more of a continuity. It's more fluid than it used to be. True. Very true. And, and so I'd say basically so that, you know, this people say, well, when do I hire somebody? I said, look, you just keep growing and pay your bills every month. So one thing I would definitely say the bootstrapping approach as an entrepreneur, don't get into debt to start a business. It's no yeah. longer what, what it used to be difference to say, Hey, wait, I put aside 50,000 or hundred thousand to start a business, to start a franchise. It's a proven franchise totally different concept. But again, that's money you've saved. You don't put that on a credit card. Yeah. But in general, so just move towards it. So whether you if you just think of the con, con the, the continuum, from the employee who's starting a side hustle, eventually, they make enough that they can quit their job. Mm-hmm. And then it just becomes okay, well, after everybody's got their own opinion, but let's say after three months or six months of earning the income that you need, great, then you let go of the job. And so there's some hustle, there's some 50 hour weeks or 60 hour weeks in between. And same thing, if you're the solopreneur, you'll reach a point where your business grows and then you have to decide, and here's the biggest thing, do you want to supervise people or do you want to keep doing your craft? If you want to keep doing your craft, I would encourage you to find promotional partners 
And I would encourage you to not, or to, you know, one employee to, but be very, make sure you've got a lot of wiggle room. So let's say you, I'll throw out a number. Let's say you gross 200, or let's say, you, let's say you're, you start out, you're grossing 100 and you're taking home 75. Great. Then you get up to, you're grossing 150 and you're taking home 120 and your family's now used to 120. Okay. When you get to 200, yeah, maybe you still stay at 120 and you bring on that person. Yeah. But again, it could be part-time. So you could be doing that all along the way. Uh, but still make sure at the end of the day, at least from from my perspective, if you're enjoying the ride and if you're setting yourself up responsibly and you're telling people, hey, this is what the opportunity is, it's what I can do, then you will naturally reach a point where also through software, you can leverage things. As a coach, you can have membership communities. Uh, if it's a software, you can leverage things. So it's easier when you decide to grow. A lot of people think that scaling a business is I decide and then it happens. It's not that, it's I decide. Then I do truckloads of launch work and then it happens. Yeah. Well, the launch work can be done in three months or three years. So it can be this really stressful thing. And the thing is we're sold that entrepreneurialism is dramatic and it's heroic and it's all these different things that are, you know, and I did this and he told me and I told him. And so my back was against one. I would get bankrupt for the 20th time. Okay. You're <laughs> really just not good at what you do. And you're, this isn't, this isn't a hero's journey. This should not be mimicked and all these things as opposed to, I started a business. That's why I love the insurance agency business. It's very boring. It's boring as hell. Yeah. I, I helped some people. I made some more money. I helped some more people. I made some more money. Helped some more people. And then at certain points, I get tired of doing certain pieces. And I, I either outsource them to a freelancer or I outsource them to an employee. Uh, but so I just say, take away that big dramatic leap and you'll take away a lot of the drama in your life. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that dramatic. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so... I'm sure you've seen this. I, I know, you know, we've struggled with it in, in our businesses, you know, where we do have teams. I'm struggling with this a bit now in my consulting business because I am bringing in, you know, I have like some social media people. I have, you know, a couple of people that help me with the podcast and, and it's really just more of like an as needed, like, Hey, this is kind of how much I have. And, and they're, I'm not the only person they're working with. Right. So they're not like depending on me for their livelihood. So, so some of that freelancing type stuff going on to, to help me out, but I'm in the process of bringing on more of an actual like administrative assistant that's going to be a little more continuous, like, hey, every week there's certain tasks to do. And so one of the things I'm struggling with, and I think most business owners struggle with this because, you know, as you've said, there's a lot of hustle in the beginning. And, and most entrepreneurs, even if they are, even if their goal from day one is to, to really scale a business, they're wearing a lot of hats in the very beginning. And, and I've seen a lot of business owners, I've struggled with it myself struggle to give up some of those hats. You know, it's this mentality of no one's going to do it as good as I am. Uh, I get overwhelmed by the thought of like, God, it's going to be hard just to train this person to do it. I, it's easier to just do it myself. Um, so like, what advice do you have for someone struggling with that? Because I, I think that piece is going to be so key for any entrepreneur uh, solopreneur, you know, whatever the case is, if you want to accomplish this, this type of lifestyle that we're talking about and not be owned by your business, that ability to delegate is so critical to that. So any advice for, for number one, how to identify what are the best things to delegate and what are the best things for you as the business owner to continue handling yourself? And then for someone that struggles with giving up some of the control you know, any, any advice for that person? Sure. So a couple things. First of all, you want to know what it is that you do that 
the marketplace values the most. That mm -hmm. might not be the same as what you love the most. Yeah. Once you do that, the basic delegation uh, formula or equation is, and I'll, I'll use some simple math. Let's say I make $100 an hour and let's say it's going to, the, the task I need to get delegated is a $10 an hour task. Well, I can delegate, of course, 10, you know, I can hire 10 hours of that work so long as I can sell one more $100 thing. Yep. So there's a couple things because I've done this before. I've done the SCUD delegation thing where I'm like, like a teenager, I don't want to deal with any of this. So let's hire a bunch of freelancers. Yeah. And I didn't monetize it. So what happened is I had, a, I got a lot of stuff done, but a lot of the stuff, and especially in the social media area, depending on, there's such a continuum about social media being done badly, which usually isn't what's happening. Social media being done well, but not making money and yeah. social media making money. Yeah. So if it, first of all, you want to see, does it make money? So you can start with a micro project, say to somebody, okay, look, I'd like to pay you $100 or $50, whatever, to do this one task. First, even just to see, do I like the way you work? Does it flow? Do I have to spend forever coaching you or do you know how to do it? I'd rather pay the person who already knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. I'm hire, looking to hire somebody who knows what they're doing as opposed to me having to teach them. And so if I'm really good at, let's just use coaching as a concept, then it just becomes, can I get one more coaching client and then pay for this person I can hustle that one extra coaching client. And so this is why, like I said, I'm a fan of the gradual thing because yeah. after a while, then you say, wait, wait, I just gave up 10 hours of, cause like podcast episodes to produce them can take five to 10 hours, depending on how much you're doing with them Yeah. for one episode. So in case y'all are listening, that's why not everybody who starts a podcast sticks with it. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah. you say, okay, great. So I sold one and then you say, well, wait, now that I've freed up these other nine hours, could I do one more hour? Okay. Now I've got 200. So, it's, it's that, but again, it's contribution it's, margin, it's, it's a, it's an eventual thing, unless you have some stressor that's coming at you like, Oh my gosh, I've got to hit this number by this certain time. And those are great to have. Those are great motivators to say, I want to hit such and such by this time. But especially as somebody who myself can very easily get caught into the type A trap. For me, it still has to be done between Monday and Thursday. And I'll even allow myself 15 hour days. Sure. But it's got to get done Monday through Thursday. That way I know I'm going to be present with my family. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be present for myself. I might even be exhausted playing volleyball at the beach on Friday. I might just sit there at the beach, but I'm there and I'm, I'm, a, I'm hedging myself from burning out. Now, some people might say, wait, I work six days. Great. Then commit to five days. So yeah, there's no sure. exact magic to the four days or, Hey, commit to every other week. It's a three day weekend, but commit to something and then start looking at and challenge yourself to be smarter because there's this, you know, the whole hustle mindset. Well, I hustle, I hustle. So great. So let me get this straight. So you're going to hustle. You're going to use a pair of scissors to cut my lawn. That's hustle. That's, <laughs> that's a hustle. lot of, that's a grind. <laughs> well, no, you're, you're not really intelligent and I'm not going to pay you more for using scissors to cut my lawn. Even if it takes you five times as long. Exactly. Yeah. So getting that's clear a, on that. Sorry to cut you out. It's, it's such a good point though, because yeah, there, there's like this, this, uh, I don't know, just this movement almost of like, you got to hustle, rise and grind. Like, you know, if you're not working your fingers to the bone, you're not doing it right. And, and, you know, look, I'm as guilty as anyone is probably, you know, working more than I should in some cases, but it's very easy to feel like you're hustling and really you're just doing busy work. You know, you, you gave the example of, um, 
uh, you know, refreshing the, the dashboard to look at your, your podcast statistics or, you know, we're in a franchise and I know, you know, some of the owners, I've heard them say, well, you know, what are you doing all day? They're like, well, I'm sitting there watching to see if any leads come in. And I'm like, the leads are coming in, whether you're staring at your screen or not, like get out there and, and make some leads come in uh, or get out there and coach your people. So I think it really comes down to uh, identifying where your time is best spent. The way I think about it is where are you going to get the strongest return on the investment of your time and then kind of figure out, all right, what's all the other stuff? What are the, what are the other things that, that make it harder for me to spend more time on those activities uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, heard of Jack Daly, but he's uh, uh, kind of a sales guru. He's written some books, does a lot of speaking, does some coaching. Uh, he's actually been on the podcast, but he's, he's, he's an awesome guy. Like, check him out. He's in his 70s, and he still runs Ironmans and, and stuff like that. Like, just cr crazy energy guy. But he, he talks about what he calls his um, high payoff activities, HPAs. So identify what are those high payoff activities and then do everything you can to make sure that the vast majority of your time is being spent there. Uh, but it's easier said than done. Um, and so another question I had for you was, what advice do you have for someone that maybe gets to the point where, because I've done this, I've gotten to the point where like I've got a lot more flexibility in my schedule or, or, or maybe flexibility is not even the right word, structure, right? To where, yeah, if I wanted to do three-day weekends every week, I could, and, and my results wouldn't suffer. Uh, but then I've also lost it, right? Because especially if your goal is to continue growing your business, I can see that a lot of people, you know, would, would maybe get to that point for a while, but then things pick up and they get busier and, and they lose it. So, have you seen that happen with folks that you've coached and, and what advice would you have if, if you're, you're kind of there sometimes, but you're not in, in other cases uh, because the business is still growing. Sure. So a couple things, you don't always get to choose if the business grows or not. And a lot of people don't get that. So there's that saying, I, I don't know if it's true or not, because I haven't done the research, but it's been mentioned a lot that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. In my case, my software business took off. And then a couple market forces whacked it down and brought it down to earth in the sense of where it was growing at a 20% rate. I'm like, okay, well, obviously at that rate, and not everything grows at 20% forever anyway, but a couple things really took it the other direction. And I realized, okay, so I've got this business that will get me 80% of what I need to live off of, but I'm getting diminishing returns in the sense that if I put more and more time into it, not much is coming back. If I almost do nothing, and a lot of franchises are like this, I'm not going to lose a lot. So okay, if I'm running that business, so my software business, I run in about one day per week. And a couple of things, number one, also, it doesn't interest me to the level that I want to run it four days a week, I could scale, I'm not a scale guy, I'm more of a diverse interest guy. Yeah. So then the coaching, but here's the cool thing, the coaching with some of those same clients. So now, hey, same clients don't have to start a new relationship already proven already have credibility. Here's something else you need help with. So going sort of horizontally with what they're looking for. Now, okay, great. So that's something else I start. And then I can do different things. For me, passion and being engaged in your business is something that's important for me. It's not for everybody. For mm -hmm. me, that's more important mm -hmm. than toys and goodies. But I was raised in a family where we had toys and goodies. So I didn't feel like I missed out on that. I've got to see yeah. that they're great, yeah. but they're not the end all be all. Right. So 
there's a couple things getting back to your concept of of the you know the you know do you want to be a three day weekend every weekend? Well, first of all, let's also dispel a couple myths. You might not want to spend every living, breathing, waking moment looking at your child like this. Uh, my son was into cars. I've played uh, cars with my son, and I was Sally with the cone on her head while my son had like <laughs> seventy friggin' cars over here. Wouldn't share one of them with me, and I'm Sally with the cone on her head. You know you can only do that for so many hours. You're like, okay, I've, I've hit my quota. I feel like a fulfilled parent. Yep. I'm good. Yep. Take um, me back to work or, or somewhere take else. Take me back to work. Give me <laughs> something else to do. And yep. so that's where I think what you do is then at the very least, you might say, okay, I'm going to get my work done in these four days, maybe once a month or twice a month, I'm going to work on my business. So I'm just going to get, I don't even need to you know, pay for an expensive workshop. I'm going to get one good book that people are telling me is good that has workshop exercise in it. And I'm going to workshop for a day where I'm going to just get with one friend. But so I'm going to work on my business because what the assumption is, is that in these four days, I've at least gotten it as efficient as I know how to. And in this fifth day, or even somewhere in those four days, I'm working on scaling it by first getting smarter and then learning how to be better rather than just, if the answer is more labor, then you're going right back to the dollars for hours model. And that's right. not a bad model, but that's what we're looking to evolve not out of completely, but at least evolved to where by leverage, we're earning a certain amount of more. So quick concept, the insurance agency owners I work with, uh, some of them sell auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance, uh, and let's say disability or health insurance. In that model, the auto insurance and the home insurance pretty much sells itself because people have to have it. The bank requires it if the, if the home or the car is owned by a bank. Sure. So there's not a lot of sales going on there. There's order taking and customer service and delivering and execution. It still takes effort and, and, and skill, but they don't have to proactively make sales happen. Right. The life and the health sales, a lot of people don't want to think about people dying or what if they become disabled. So it takes a little more to, to make that happen. A lot of them will sit there, like you said, watching the leads come in when the answer is, look, you've already gotten a really good flow to what you're doing. If you want to make this other stuff happen, it's going to require almost as if you see there's two different businesses like this one business like me with my software business it kind of runs itself and there's a couple times in the year when I can I like open enrollment is sort of works in a way because people like to start at the beginning of the year so I get this big rush and the rest of the year it's kind of chill so start looking at each little venture as a new business and challenge yourself to get better because again it's not about hustling grinding if you can get more per result. I mean, that's Jeff Bezos with Amazon. That's Bill Gates with what he's doing. So it's about saying, how much results can I get done? And oh, by the way, how many people can I impact? What kind of positive impact can I make? Because there's that whole saying, if you want to become a billionaire, help a billion people. Yeah, that's that's how you become a billionaire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I love that. It's all good. And and I guess with that, too, it's because like you said, if, if the if the only way to grow is through more labor for yourself, then then you are going backwards. And so, you know, very likely more growth could require more labor, but that's where you scale up kind of not, not, you know, this very steep scale up, like, like you talked about earlier, but more of a gradual. And so if you do want to keep growing, then bring in the people that, that can help you do that uh, is, is another way to do that too, I suppose. So um, Wade, man, this is all really good stuff. Uh, you know, any, any kind of parting words of wisdom for, you know, the small business owner out there, the employee out there, you know, that, that feels like they're just kind of a slave to their job or their business. Uh, anything that we didn't hit on today that you'd like to, to make sure the audience hears from you? Sure. First, make sure 
you're making the most of the free time you already have. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with Netflix or video games. I play PS, uh, I, I PlayStation, you know, I, I watch some Netflix here and there. But at the end of the day, if you have a certain amount of free time, and you already just kind of let people decide how that happens, if you just consume content, if you just consume stuff, it's not going to be any different when you get an extra day of the week, you're just going to consume mm. and you're not going to have the motivation to. So first figure out what are the relationships you want to spend the most time and what the ones should you be cutting out of? What are the yeah. activities you want yeah. to do? Do that first, the same way you do with your money. If you have money and you waste it, you make more money, you're going to waste it. So really just start doing that. And, and just as a, as a thought, you'll never regret a moment, at least in my experience, that you've invested with the people you love most or doing activities that you enjoy. You'll never say, gosh, I wish I had spent less time yeah. with my family, less time with the people I love, with my friends, joking around, um, you know, hanging out, whatever it might be. Love that. Such good advice. Um, really, really appreciate that. So I do a lightning round at the end of uh, each episode. We'll run through this really fast, but it's the same four questions I ask every guest that comes on the podcast, and then we'll wrap this one up. But uh, first question of the lightning round is simply, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And that could be in business or life. Um, I'd have to go with John Lennon on this. Um, you know, the, the teacher asked him, you know, you know, what's he doing? He says, I want to be, what do you want to be when you grow up? He says, I want to be happy. She says, I don't think you get the question. He says, no, I don't think you get the question. Ooh, beautiful. Love that. Um, all right. Next question is, do you have any sort of a morning routine, something that you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Yes. Uh, yoga, 20 minutes, meditate, 20 minutes, bike ride in nature, 20 minutes, and sometime a little bit of exercise and then breakfast with the family. It doesn't always happen that way, but it sure. happens uh, enough that it, it, it and gets, your day's it better going. and your day's better, better when you're able to do that. Right. Yeah. Love that. And you've got the time to do that because of everything we talked about today, you've got it set up that way. So beautiful. Um, what book are you reading right now? If you're a reader? Sure. Uh, audiobook uh, listener, uh, who not how, who not how by Dan Sullivan, bottom line, you grow not by figuring out how to do everything in the world, but by connecting with other people, other who's who know how to do stuff. And that's how you can make things happen a lot more quickly. I've heard great things about that book. And uh, I, I think that's one that would actually be very relevant for me right now, too. So, yeah. Do you feel weird about so I, I've, I've been an avid reader most of my life and, and I've gotten really into Audible the last like year or so. And so like the, the physical books that I'm reading has really gone down. But I crush through books on Audible. I kind of feel a little bit bad about it. I'm like, I should read more. And I'm like, it's so much easier. I can read while I'm cleaning, while I'm driving. Like, I don't know. I think the it's a weird thing that, to feel bad about. But No, the research shows that you retain it the same way. And it just depends what type of a, some people are auditory. Some people prefer, you know, visually looking at stuff. I'm an auditory learner. And I certainly like to speed it up to one and a half speed or whatever it might be. I'm at 2.0 speed. So I can get through it half as fast. It's great. Yep. Um, okay. All right. Uh, so last question is what is your definition of freedom and are you living it? Sure. Freedom is being able to do what you want, when you want with who you want. I'd say I'm about 80% there. I definitely have the what, when, and the who. Uh, still working on always helping, impacting more people and making more money so I can have uh, cooler, more, I, mean, I still like the money. I still, I still like that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, we're but all again, capitalists I'm, But from a time standpoint, from a time standpoint, I get to spend time with who I want, when I want, how I want for the most part, so yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I love that, man. And really appreciate everything that you shared with us today. I know everyone that listens is going to get massive amounts of value from this. So look, keep doing what you're doing. I know you are impacting a lot of people. Uh, for those out there interested, where can people connect with you? Social media, websites, where can people find your podcast? And I don't think we said the name of the podcast either. So share that. Uh, books, anything you want to make people aware of. And, and we'll put all this in the show notes as well. Sure. So the podcast is called The Three-Day Weekend Entrepreneur. And it's for people, not just entrepreneurs, people who are looking to work a three-day weekend. Uh, the best way to connect with the work I'm doing is a membership club. Uh, part of it's free, threedayweekendclub.com. Okay. where we just help people create that lifestyle. And if you check at Amazon, I have books I've written on parenting, personal finance, spirituality, three-day weekend, that sort of stuff. And social media, most everything is either Wade Galt, W-A-D-E-G-A-L-T, or, or three-day weekend club at any of the handles. Excellent. Well, we'll link all that up so people can find it easily if they're interested. But Wade, again, man, really appreciate it. Can't thank you enough for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Wes. I really enjoyed it. You got it. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.